0: Hi Sarah. Hi Greg. Uh so it's been well established that I have a beautiful mind. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> a, a palatial mind palace. Oh yeah. And so I was thinking about about something. I I I learned about a pretty incredible stat uh during the uh Denver game yesterday. Okay. Was that yesterday or 2 days ago? Anyway, who cares? Um Two days the ago. Utah Jazz are now nine and zero in games that mm-hmm. Tht gets a DNP.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. And
0: uh-huh. on on Wednesday, it was it was nineties night,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was reminded of one of my favorite nineties songs. Okay. Which is OPP by Naughty by Nature. Okay. And and for the last. About 48 hours, I have played that song
2: on the radio in Utah.
0: You, I mean, (laughs) heavily edited, (laughs) other people's priesthood. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have been singing to myself, You down with THT, yeah, DNP,
1: yeah, DNP. Uh,
0: That has been been on a loop (laughs) in my head for the last two days.
1: It is.
0: It's awesome, I love it.
1: It's, it's like no nice way to say anything about it.
0: Let's start the show
1: hey greg are you are you down with uh are you down with t h t
0: yeah d n p
1: okay i was while you were saying that i was like looking up the lyrics for o p p wondering like could I quickly come up with a verse here <laughs> uh
2: you don't have to do that Sarah.
1: no i'm not gonna do that all right did you go to any jazz
0: games yeah a lot yeah when i know by my significant amount of research that it isn't um that was a masterpiece of dog shit
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, Jazz Beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host Greg Foster. I am not a
0: DNP. No, we. I'm, here. I, I'm. I'm here. I'm. I've shown up, and I'm. I've asked both you and Joey to put me in, and I am ready to do to get to work.
1: You said put me in, Coach, and we said definitely.
0: We don't have anyone else
1: because there's no one else here. <laughs> um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today.
0: I wrote an outline.
1: You actually wrote an outline, so we can we can show people how professional and good we are at podcasting. Uh, this, this is going to flow so well. I can just feel yes. it. Um, news around the league before we get to some jazz stuff. Ja Morant out the year season ending surgery slash injury
0: i feel bad for the guy especially because i've torn my labrum twice and that surgery sucks and that rehab sucks and i just feel bad for memphis because they came into this season i know like jaw had the uh the suspension but they came in with like some some high hopes and then i don't know what 60% of their starting lineup i guess 80% now cuz Marcus Smart is out. Right. <laughs> is sidelined with three of them being out for the year.
1: Yeah, i wonder the first thing that i thought of when i heard of the injury was i wonder again, there's no delicate way to say this. He's going to have a lot of time on his hands. Yeah. And so this could go one of two ways right like um the suspension plus being like sidelined for the rest of the year could really put everything into perspective for him right like Mm -hmm. like this could be taken away very quickly like this is not guaranteed um and and then again uh shoulder rehab is a place where you can just get into a lot of stuff with a lot of downtime
0: yeah that rehab isn't is is not fun
1: so i just yeah,
2: just ask amy winehouse Am I right? <laughs> oh, no.
1: No. oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> very good very very good thank you um so i just i hope that i hope that this doesn't lead to like more jaw stuff you know what i mean
0: I also like in the inverse. It makes me wonder too if Jaw has it in him to kind of take a step back and reassess his game, because Jaw is one of the most relentless attackers in the NBA. That's how he's made his bread and butter. He's so a good teenagers, at- right?
2: At his house. Yes, 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 yeah. absolutely. It, during a pickup. Finish line em- finish line employees at the mall. Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, to his credit, like he tore his labrum during practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he had to have been doing something wild.
0: Yeah. Um but it makes it does make me wonder if he if he can take a step back and maybe reassess how he plays the game because it's like he's a relentless attacker but he also is slight of frame. Right. And that is usually not a great combination.
2: Greg, how long have you been an NBA fan?
0: A long time.
2: Do those guys ever change their game? It's <laughs> Maybe it's wishful
0: thinking. <laughs>
2: yeah. But I mean, it,
0: what I'm saying is that, like, that style, that his build and that style of play does not lend itself to a super long career. Yeah.
2: High highs, though.
0: Yes. Very high highs. High yeah. high hopes for a living.
2: <laughs>
1: somebody, <laughs> this is a lyric S- somebody podcast. Somebody called
2: Mayor Pete. Um... I hate that song so much.
1: <laughs> we, I, yesterday, there was a bunch of, clips going around of Blake Griffin in his like first two seasons mm-hmm. and which by the way had to early, be there early Blake Griffin was so good it was ridiculous and he was also the most fun player in the league so fun it was just
0: that Clippers team The like the early Lob City Clippers were yes musty um, tv they were so much fun
2: yeah before and they it, had their spirits broken by a little tiny man yeah. screaming at yes. them all the time yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, exactly
1: um and it just had me thinking about i mean what you're saying has me thinking about that like if you're going to constantly attack the rim like that like that that kind of wear on the body just doesn't last very long
0: yeah and to blake griffin's credit as he got older and less athletic he changed his game a lot and was able to like yeah he was. He wasn't obviously wasn't the player he was early in his career, but he was able to like extend his career further and get a few more paychecks.
1: Yeah, by...
2: John Wall is thirty three years old. I'd just like to yeah. point that out when we're talking about. Yeah, this.
0: case so. in point.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I I think I think you make a great point. Like, you cannot just like over extend posterized dudes every single night for five years straight so maybe that's why he tore his labrum right like there there's just a lot of i really i really want good things for ja i do i do too i like him i liked
0: that memphis
2: team a lot
1: yeah memphis was really really fun and i i just want them to be fun to watch again yeah um
2: I think this is just another place where you can sort of point out to uh all of the um NBA fans who are obsessed with getting younger all the time though. Right. Uh, constantly that um just because your team is 22 and number 1 in the West doesn't mean uh the window can windows uh are they close they open and close fast.
1: Um, yeah, very fast. Yeah. I feel like a, a really that, good example. Not that
2: Memphis can't win, but like no one could have predicted like 80% of their young core being out for the season, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and also but like I think a lot of times as well like experience can trump youth. I think we saw that uh when the Heat won their first title against Oklahoma City. Um And even more recently, like the last Warriors championship. Right. You know, like that Celtics roster was stacked, but it was stacked with young, like a young team. And mm-hmm. the Warriors had been there before and had the best player in the world and, and played like it throughout that series.
2: Well, and also look at who the Warriors beat to get there. It's like right. the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks, like all these teams that have like. A 22 year old MVP right. candidate. Yeah.
0: That's really, that's a really um, good point.
1: Well, and like Tatum and Brown, I think they were 24 at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. that, yeah. Youth, youth
0: is. Despite 96 year old, Al Horford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the outlier.
1: Yeah. He brings the average way up. <laughs> um, Hey, Joey, I asked you this question last week. I'll mm-hmm. ask again. Uh, are the Jazz better than the Warriors?
2: Currently, yeah, Um, but (laughs) not after this, not after whatever bizarre panic, this is what I said last week, Uh, not after whatever bizarre panic trade the Warriors are about to make. Yeah, Um, Yeah, where,
0: let's play a game. Where is Andrew Wiggins going? Um, Where in the world is Andrew Wiggins? I heard a
2: weird rumor today (laughs) that Nurkic... Uh, they're 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 trying to trade for Yusuf Nurkic. I don't know if that's true, but uh, I mean they
0: need size. Tim Kawakami Nurkic... was right
2: a lot about stuff like this. Throughout this like trial balloon, that are like people in the Warriors organization are saying like, what if they just get a seven footer who can get a bucket? And there's only like three of those in the league. And I don't oh think Andrew Wiggins is going to get them. Joel Embiid. So, um,
0: okay, but what about Steph Curry on the Sixers? Uh,
2: <laughs> look, <laughs> I've said this before. Um, well, not on this show, though. The greatest birthday present I ever got was the day the Golden State Warriors traded Mike Dunleavy Jr. to the Indiana Pacers for Stephen Jackson. Um, and now That's Mike fun. Dun now yeah. Mike Dunleavy Jr runs the team and my birthday is next Wednesday. So I'm fully ready for him to turn around and get me the worst birthday present I've ever gotten is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: Man, what a coincidence <laughs> for him to really be running the show now.
2: Mm-hmm. That's I mean, when funny. he got the job, I said, this is the end of the dynasty. Like, <laughs> yeah. people do not realize how unpopular Mike Dunleavy Jr. was with Warriors fans. Like, he... It was a bad sign that they hired him. Like, it's like, who's the least popular Jasmine ever, Greg? Like...
0: That's a really good question. That is like, a good question. It'd be like if Gordon Hayward became the G. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Well,
2: except Gordon Hayward was actually good. Like, yeah,
1: I mean, they took Mike
2: know. Dunleavy Jr. over Amari Stoudemire.
1: I mean, he was good, but like he, the feelings that he left behind, like, there, there could be no one that people would hate more he, right now. I
2: think my brother was at a screening, a special screening of the movie Bull Rat. And Mike Dunleavy Jr. <laughs> cut in line. There were people waiting in line for three hours, including my brother. And he screamed, don't you know who I am at the people in the line when they were mad at him?
1: You and everyone, looked at um, it. everyone was like, no. Yeah. No, you no, you look no, at they him were and like, say, yeah, that's why <laughs> we hate
2: you. you.
1: Which, like, you need to look
0: at him and say, do you know my wife?
2: But my wife. Now, the flip side of this coin. That's actually... Insane though. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> the the flip side of this coin, what I will say, is The Warriors fans already hate him. He's yeah. the perfect guy to blow it up.
1: Yeah, so the. Trade they can't, Clay, it's all...
2: trade Draymond. Like we yeah. already hate you. Like <laughs> Um.
1: Yeah, because if it goes badly, they'll just be like, "Yeah, of course Mike Dunleavy Jr. screwed this up." But if it happens to maybe be okay, mm-hmm. they'll be like, "What?" No.
2: But yeah, I'm sort <laughs> of expecting t- two trades. I think they're going to trade Andrew Wiggins for whatever they can get for him, which mm-hmm. won't be yeah, a makes lot. Sense. Um but will hopefully be a player who is not statistically the worst player in the NBA, which is what it's Andrew ins- Wiggins currently is.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't his plus minus the like the worst right now or yeah. something like that? It is it's I forgot the actual there's an actual like tangible stat. It's like that I- minus 36.
2: <laughs> I kind of think they're going and then I think there will be a second trade where they overpay for Pascal Siakam mm-hmm. or DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray.
0: Pascal Siakam's really good though. So, yeah. He's um, really, really good.
1: DeJounte seems like a bad idea.
0: I don't see where DeJounte fits
2: on that team.
1: Unless you're bringing him off the bench. Or well, do you they're... bench Clay?
2: Yeah, or do no, you? No, they is play Clay at the three, because Andrew Wiggins is gone.
1: Oh, right, Wiggins is you oh, gone. play okay. him
2: at the two. Yeah. It gives them, like, uh, what they need, which is uh, they've needed, since Leandro Barbosa left, another person that can dribble. <laughs> the entire (laughs) team and then uh, a guy who can sort of play defense where Steph doesn't have to be the guard the best guard Um, because clay can't do that anymore but clay is actually okay at guarding larger guys now Um, he's just not fast enough Um, yeah yeah so I fully expect like moody and a first-round pick and Chris Paul or Kaminga, if Masai can talk them out of it. Um, apparently, they really like Kaminga for some reason. I mean, I I guess I like Kaminga, but... Um, <laughs> uh, for like a splashy trade like that. Yeah. And then I think, you know, Pascal Siakam uh, and Steph Curry probably makes you better than the Jazz. Not by much, but... Maybe. Well, yeah, we'll
1: see. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't know.
2: I don't know. But I fully expect uh, the jazz not to spin out and make a we need to make the play in. Trade right now right. at all costs yeah. for our future, I, which is what the I warriors are very about fair. to do. I mean, right. basically said in a press conference the other day that he wants them to make a trade. Yeah, he's kept saying, like, he's, what, he's never he's just, said. Like, he also the said the definition
0: of insanity is doing yeah. the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah, yeah, he also I don't said think that I've ever heard. Steph say something like that no, before.
2: The fans booed them for the second game in a row. Yeah, I uh, the saw home that. fans, and Steph Curry said, "I don't blame them. I'm booing us in my head too."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also, like to to be booed in the Chase Center is yeah specifically uh, mm-hmm. is quite a feat. He's, yeah, not, He's looking...
2: it's not it's not, it's not Oracle. Oracle Arena. Yeah, no, where yeah, again. Steph- The greatest, the greatest moment in our franchise's history. Look, I had a lot of fun putting together some sarcastic, some sarcastic jazz highlights for the intro. (laughs) In in fact, I think I have it. Hold on. Uh, Greg, have you ever heard of the time uh, Joe Lacob decided to talk on the night of uh, Chris Mullin's jersey retirement? He was a brand new owner. I don't know um, I don't they think they, traded, I love this. they traded Monte Ellis the night before um, where is this all right and then uh Rick Barry, you know uh franchise Hall of Famer but everyone's yes. he's like a he's like a jazz legend and that everyone hates him because he's a huge jerk <laughs> <laughs> um, decided to try be relatable get, yeah decided to get them to stop booing. It's a very funny moment because Chris Mullen is like, all right, guys, you can stop booing yeah, the owner oh, now. Okay, and people do okay. listen. But then Rick Barry is like, wait, I'm the greatest player in this franchise's what? history. It's my turn to get them to be quiet. And then this <laughs> happens. Hey, one second here. Come on, people. You fans are the greatest fans in the world. That everybody said I have that? heard
0: yeah, Show it's great. a little bit of class. This is yes. crazy. Oh, that's that is Seriously. Perfectly Oakland. I love it. Come on. You're doing yourself a disservice. All of the wonderful <laughs> accolades being said to you for you to treat this man who is spending his money to do the best that he can to turn this
2: franchise around. And I know he's going to do it. So it them- just made them boom more
1: and more. And oh, further. my God. It's amazing. Every single- <laughs> it's just like it's like throwing like <laughs> gasoline on a fire. What do you expect? You know what you don't do when you piss off an entire like sports fan base is you don't tell them like have a little bit of class. Mm-hmm. Just the roar of booze after that is so beautiful. I love it.
2: Anyway, I, I it, said it, I this it. on Twitter, but the other night the Warriors fans at Chase bullied Steve Kerr into playing Moses Moody. I saw that. At awesome. every yeah. dead ball, they were chanting for Moody, and, <laughs> and they he won, eventually right? put him in. And that is the first and only time Chase Center has felt like Oracle Arena to me, because guess what? They did that with Jeremy Lin and Marco Bellinelli, like, for entire seasons. They bullied Don Nelson into playing those guys. Um incredible. Yeah.
1: I I honestly can't Bullying believe that that's happening. It, I can't believe it's happening at the Chase Center. I just like didn't expect yeah. that kind of a fan reaction from like that crowd. And so Well, I think uh, they're so
2: bad the rich guys have left, probably, would be my guess. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's probably um, so a good. So the point. old
2: fans are back in the building.
1: Uh all right. Enough about the Warriors. Yeah, sorry guys. The the Clippers and the Nuggets are good. I mean Nuggets despite their they getting walloped by the jazz.
0: I will. I'll say this. I wrote it in the outline that like Denver's playing like a championship team. And let me like explain that because it seems like they're kind of, they're kind yeah. of just coasting right now, especially like Nikola Jokic, but it's almost to be expected. Cause it's like, okay, well we're still in like the upper echelon of the Western conference. And we're obviously going to make the playoffs and we're going to turn it on when it matters.
1: They have, I mean, they have one of the best home records. I, yeah. They're, they're like, they played more games than Minnesota and OKC, but they're only like two games out or one game right. out from being number one in the w- West. Like Denver is still really good. I'm it. Yes. We're going to go through our midseason awards during this episode. And like, it was very hard for me to not just be like, yeah, Jokic is still the best in the league. Yeah, I think
0: you can, you know, there's certainly an argument to be made about that. The guy is the guy's incredible. The team's really good. It just kind of seems like they're coasting a little bit.
3: Yeah, it does. But
0: they're but they're also a team that's good enough to be able to do that and still be a game or a game and a half out of first place in the West.
1: On the on the outline, is this supposed to be uh, Milwaukee versus Boston? Or is it Minnesota? No.
0: Oh, no, that was earlier in the week—the Minnesota uh, Boston game. They right. went to overtime and. Oh right, right, right. Forty-five, like it was. It was. It was like you know the two the two top teams in both divisions, like going at it. And I don't know if you, either of you watched that game, but it was. I only watched the highlights. One after. of my games of the year. It was awesome.
1: I I but I did watch the uh Milwaukee versus Boston game in which <laughs> they switched off <laughs> in which they just stopped playing basketball to the point that they didn't even play their starters to start the second half like mm-hmm. they sat them down which I don't know. I just, like, don't understand that tactic. I Listen, I get that you're on the second night of a back-to-back, and and they had that huge overtime game against Minnesota. I get all of those things. But, like, if the game is hard, the players just don't have to play in the second half is not a thing I've ever heard before. Well,
0: and did you see, like, the TNT pulled the game?
1: Yes. I was watching it when it happened. (laughs) So funny. So embarrassing that TNT, and when they switched, uh ernie was like yes well, we can't show the okc game because that one's like a 40 point game um so i guess we'll show the knicks and the mavs which was also a 20 point game when they switched to it it ended up being close but like yeah. it was so funny that it was so embarrassing that they had to go and switch to the 47 and 28 game between the mavs and knicks i loved it incredible so means... yeah uh right, should I... we talk about the jazz yeah, we should yeah, talk about the jazz. Yeah, it is the jazz
2: podcast.
1: <laughs> um, let's let's save this top one for next time. Sure, because there's some other stuff. But um, the jazz are twelve and four in their last sixteen. As you it's a said, month of this, it's, as it's as you said, they are nine and zero in uh, THT DMPs. Uh they yeah, you know me they have won three straight and that includes wins over Philadelphia, which is a fake win. Um, but then very real wins against uh Giannis and the Bucks and then a fully healthy Denver team. And so yeah,
0: I, uh, I heard an insane stat. I was listening to uh Tim McMahon and Wendy this morning, which mm-hmm. you know Apologies or whatever, but it's what I what I had on because they had a whole section about about the jazz and what was going on. But uh, never in NBA history has a team won three straight games against three teams with a combined win loss record of uh, Philly, Milwaukee and Denver. So that was kind of a fun stat. And yes, I know that Philly was without. Uh Joel Embiid and Milwaukee was out with was without Dane, but you play who's in front of you and they rattled off three straight wins that I had marked as three straight losses.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought they were gonna go 0-4 against Boston, because they had Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and Denver as a four-game stretch. And I thought they were gonna go and four. Yeah. And so for them to go three and one in that. Now listen, the the Philly game, it is it is a fake win. I mean, it's a win in the in the call in the win column, right? But like, yes. it wasn't just Joel. They were missing three of their starters, so they had yeah, no D'Anthony Joel. Anthony
0: Melton didn't play. Anthony
1: Melton and Tobias Harris. Yeah, all and Tobias out.
0: Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So like that one's fake. The Milwaukee one is a lot more real because they didn't have Dame, but like the, you're still playing basically like the old Milwaukee Bucks because they had uh, in Milwaukee. They had, right. They had Giannis. They had Chris Middleton. Like they had everyone else, and so. But that, that's a real win. Like if you beat Giannis and the Bucs and they like absolutely walloped that they were leading by 33 points, they like stopped playing and let Milwaukee come back in it. But then they were like, no, no, no. And just closed it out.
0: Yeah. Um, super, And then they super impressive. And then they blew the doors off of a exactly. completely healthy, fully stocked Denver team.
1: Yeah. Um, which Denver
0: doesn't win in Salt Lake City. It's very weird and very funny. Yeah,
1: it is very weird. Um I I'm so impressed with the way that the Jazz are playing. And mm-hmm. I think that this is kind of what you expected before like going into the season, like yes. this is how they were supposed to play. This is what I had
0: in my mind when I was like, this is a play-in team. Yes. This is this is like exactly the type of team, like this is a carryover to how they were playing last season when they caught everybody by surprise.
1: And I think Honestly, like for the reasoning behind, like why this is happening for the jazz, I, it might be, I might be putting a little bit too much credit on this, but I really, really, truly think this has a lot to do with Taylin Horton Tucker and Colin Sexton. I really do like, because I think that early in the season you had a lot of guys falling into like iso ball, not just Talon, like everyone yes. was doing it. And it was, it was a,
0: my shot, your shot kind of thing. Well, I'm not going to get the ball for the next six possessions. So I'm going to shoot now.
1: Yeah. And so when you have like two of your main ball handlers in Talon and Colin playing that type of ball where like no one expects them to actually pass it, then it just creates like the domino effect of like everyone playing like crap. And so I think that, you know, we saw that Taylor wasn't ready to like take the next step and like change his game, but Colin was. Colin, and he has. He's yes. been,
0: Colin Sexton has been spectacular for about five weeks now.
1: Yeah. He's and, been
0: really, really good. He's cut like his shooting percentages are up, his points are up, his assists are up, his defense is good.
1: His assists are way up. It's like I checked the stat, I think it was last night I looked at it, but. Over the last 15 games, he's averaging like a career best like four point six assists with just one point six turnovers per game.
0: Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like the Jazz were something like 27th out of 30 teams in turnovers early in the season. I mean right. that was one of the things we we'll would talk about. It's like every game they had twenty-two to twenty-five turnovers. And right. like, it wasn't like you're never gonna win a bath like Consecutive basketball games playing that way, especially in a league that's as hyper competitive as the NBA. And they've cut that down. And the zone defense thing, I think, is another thing that's really worked. And like, strange that a zone defense is catching teams off guard, but it is, and it's working.
1: And I think the, you know, a lot of the things that were a problem early in the season, it was the ISO ball. And the turnovers and the communication, like after every game, the Will was saying like, we need to communicate more. Even the guys, they're like hanging their heads in the locker room. They're just like, we're not talking out there. And so I think that forcing them to play zone um, was a little bit of a stroke of genius for Will Hardy as a coach, because like you can't play zone if you don't like talk to each other. And so I think that, Yeah, I think that they he just like forced their hand a little bit like, all right, this is what we're doing. This is what we're playing. And if you actually want to be successful, like you have to talk to each other. Yeah.
0: And can I can I brag on our behalf? Yes, please. Really quickly, Uh, because we said this going into the season and in the early aughts of the season of like, hey, this team has a lot of talent. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of 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 guys on this team who are nba level players but it's kind of a hodgepodge right now and it's going to take a minute to establish that cohesion that chemistry that teamwork as well as like it's going to take time for will hardy to figure out his rotations like yeah it's going to be some experimentation there and like we saw early on that John Collins and Walker Kessler with Larry Markin on the floor doesn't work. So like, OK, so now Larry's at the four. John Collins is at the five and, you know, they're working. And, and you know, the THT thing was a disaster. And that's, you know, now Chris Don is playing as well as he's ever played in his career. He's So good. And like, so he figured out. He figured out through that experimentation, his minutes distribution, as well as his rotations. And more than anything else, he's got the entire team buying in, which I don't think he had at the beginning of the season. But something now clicked there. Right. And I think that is that's a sign of a really, really good coach.
1: I mean, especially because if you look at how pissed off he was. Yes. Like let's not he was forget-
0: so mad at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, let's not forget they got blown out in Portland and he was like, if you want to wear a Utah Jazz jersey, you gotta give a shit about the Utah Jazz. Yes. He benched a bunch of guys and started Omer Yurt Seven. Like yeah. he he was mad. Uh he called their loss in Dallas the masterpiece of dog shit. Like he He was very, very upset. And so to go from being that visibly and audibly upset to then getting everyone bought in, like, that's not usually the the chain of events. Right. Like, it's usually the the other way around. It's usually like that. That could have led to something pretty bad. And that's kind of what I was anticipating. If we're being honest, I was like, oh, man, he's really mad. Like, it's going to be hard to get these guys on board now. As someone who roots Uh, for a
2: team with a very similar record, I would say um, (laughs) uh, I wish I had a coach that was mad at people ever. Um, Right. I mean, and
0: like that, I think that. Hey, now he broke he broke a chalkboard
2: once. He used to get mad. He doesn't get mad anymore.
3: (laughs) Now he just goes
2: out and like uh, plays the wrong rotations and then goes. We're a championship team. I saw it two years ago, and it's like you almost lost to the Pistons tonight. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, back yeah. to <laughs> you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I mean, just no. so mad. I just to want to no, walk into the ocean. To all your the time. point, <laughs> though, like
1: Will Hardy is doing a bunch of things that like Steve Kerr isn't willing to do right yeah. now, and that yeah. that's, that's like a very that's a good thing. No, is... that's
2: exactly why I brought it up. Actually. Right, it's the so... same thing to
1: say. Like he's he's willing to like he's willing. He started THD. He was like, I'm going to give you the opportunity. You were starting last year when we finished the season. He played himself out of the starting lineup. He started a rookie at point guard, and he started. Then he got hurt, and then he was like, something's still not working. And so he's like, you know it let's do colin sexton and chris dunn together and see if it works and it absolutely does chris is great in that starting lineup he's really good at getting lowry going colin is very good at getting john collins going which is not something i anticipated
0: how good the pick and roll is now with colin sexton like that's not something i expected at i all. mean
1: colin sexton being a great pick and roll player is not something i ever really expected no
0: There's a, there's another thing that I've seen as of late in this, this last month during this, this hot streak, the jazz are running. Oh, they're running so much. (laughs) And they're running teams out of the building. Like I, I don't, I have been watching the jazz for a very, very long time. And they've almost always been a half court team. Right. Especially like Quinn Snyder was that way and, and moving, you know, back even further, like, That's what the jazz were under the Jerry Sloan era. It was set up the offense. Let's run a pick and roll. If that's not working, let's kick it out to the open man. Right. That was was the offense. And to see this team at sometimes running that like seven seconds or less Phoenix suns offense is so much fun to watch. And it works like they've got the horses. They have the athleticism. They, they have, they have the youth to be able to do that. And it's like, Another thing that I think is really catching teams off guard, and like that game against that game against Denver, they had like twenty something uh, transition points, and right? Like, and that's and- the kind of stuff that wins basketball games.
2: But yeah, the only reason I brought up uh, Steve Kerr is like it's a real testament to Will Hardy that like if you look at every other coach with a similar record in both conferences ever. That coach is on the hot seat, but in no way is Will Hardy even close. No, not like at all. it's like No, not at all. If if anything, it's like a real like Oh, this is the guy. This is like the new Jerry Sloan. This is our guy right. forever. Um
0: I have so much I it's it's wild talking about a guy with a losing record who's never made <laughs> the playoffs. <No>. Or, <laughs> like and he's like brand new, the guy is thirty-six years old. Right. But mm-hmm. I have almost complete faith in will hardy yeah he has in in the in the year and a half that he has been coach of the utah jazz he has blown me away at how good and how smart he is
1: yeah i mean he he was coaching a team so well that like they they forced him dismantle it They, they had to completely dismantle the team just to like Make sure that he didn't win too much. So they got, Ke- so they could get Keontae George. They're like, "Here, dude, you got to play. You got to start Jared Vanderbilt. Have fun."
0: <laughs> yeah. Which.
1: Woof. Yeah.
2: I would kill to have Jared Vanderbilt on the Warriors right now.
1: <laughs> I mean, you already had him at one point. You had he's, Eric Paschal. He's got. He's he's good for five fouls. He, he, Eric Paschal. He, he, everyone thinks that he. Oh, he's a good energy guy because he crashes in and he gets Mm-mm. a rebound. And then it turns out, oh, he, he can't even set a screen.
2: Yeah. yeah. No. He had a real uh, funny shooting stroke, though. It's like a weird yeah. golf. Yes, kick. he did.
1: Yeah. yeah he's yeah. horrible at finishing.
2: Very wide, man, Eric Pascal. Very um, wide. Yeah. Reminded me um, of Craig Smith, the rhino.
0: Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I have I, I do have a couple of questions for you regarding the hot streak. Now that we've kind of talked about like how and why this is happening and what's sure and Will Hardy being very good. A, do you think this is sustainable? Like, is this something I don't think that, like, obviously, they're not going to continue to, like, run off 12 and four sure. run streaks for the rest of the season. But do you think like that they've turned a corner and can be a competitive team for the rest of the rest of the
1: season? I mean, in the short answer is yes, I do. I think that this is sustainable. I think that uh, if anything, they could just get better, right? Like I think that Keontae and Ochai have had like a few really good games in a row now, and you're seeing like, yeah. oh, they could actually be a bigger piece of this. Yes. Um, Ochai's defense against Denver was beautiful. Um, so was Simone's. Yeah, Simone. Simone
0: is real. <laughs> He's legit. He is a he is a rotation guy. Like no yeah. no doubt about it. Like. I'm so impressed with him this season and the and the the leaps he's made. And I think like so much of it goes back to what you were talking about a few episodes ago about him just feeling comfortable and yep. being in his second season and like you know having a home base. <laughs> like having homeostasis is so important. And when
1: like seeing him interact with the guys, uh, it's just a little bit different. Like they've caught on to his humor. Yeah, um, they're used to his accent, like little things like that. That actually takes time. It I mean, makes a I re- lot of sense. I remember back when Andrew Bogut was with the Warriors, like there, I'm, there was I'm, a short.
2: I'm sorry. I'm so <laughs> there was... sorry.
1: It was good for a little bit. Uh, yeah,
2: there, there Look, was. A I was short... happy when they traded Monte Ellis. I was one of the rare people.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, <laughs> there was a short period there though where like everyone was like, "We don't get it, and we can't understand him," <laughs> like. And then
2: he started taking them to Jordan Peterson uh, yeah. talks and it was, they, they got right on.
1: Everybody.
0: They learned the extra how to make their pass beds. And then make your oh. bed. And um, that's how you win a title.
1: But I mean, the long answer to your question, Greg is, it really depends on what happens at the trade deadline. Yes. because And
0: that's, that was my next question. So like the jazz are on this, this like insane hot streak they're one of the best teams in the league right now like what what do you do with this team like do you ride this out or do do you do you make moves that's i i think like with how well this team is playing right now it it begs the question
1: yeah and so i'll address a couple of things like because there's still you know a lot of fans are asking like what does the front office do are they are they selling or are they buying right Mm -hmm. like are they actually gonna try and tank um and i i really really and i could be wrong about this i truly don't think that the jazz are going to tank again i really don't think it's gonna happen i don't think so either i think you you risk pissing off lowry way too much if you're gonna do that
2: like i trader danny is always both buying and selling
1: true That's how it works yeah um no. and so i think there are there are so many ways this could go the one way i just don't think it, it's gonna go is tanking and so i think that the jazz are gonna play it out and see if it's sustainable but i i don't imagine that the big trade is gonna happen right mm-hmm. like i think we're still a year or two away from that yeah but i think I think that there are possibly like smaller moves that could be made and all of them are are difficult. Like, hmm. are you going to trade Jordan? Because Jordan is – we. <laughs> I feel like we say this every year. He's playing his best basketball. He's I,
0: – I, I mean, I, I don't really even know what to say about him right now other than like he's – he just continues to add layers to his game.
1: And like again... I've never seen
0: like I'm I never thought I would say the sentence Jordan Clarkson
1: efficient
0: scorer.
1: right efficient also again he came back from injury and since then he's averaging six assists
0: yeah like he's the secondary playmaker the jazz we were talking about like the jazz needs somebody who can set the table and all of a sudden like Jordan, it's Jordan Clarkson that guy.
1: yeah it's
0: and like he's he's he is such a good scorer he he unlocks so much for the jazz because of his gravity right because he can go iso and like that opens up like cutting lanes for guys like lowry and ochai and and yep. like, and then that leaves simone Fontecchio who's shooting like 45 percent from the corner right like it just it opens up so much but now like he's getting the ball to those guys yeah and it's like it's unlocked an entirely new dimension to the offense
1: and like i i understand his contract is so tradable yeah. <laughs> like it's it is so intensely tradable that i i wonder if you think like as a front office if you think you know what like we think eventually that we can replace these minutes that is so difficult, though, when you have him playing this well, and so I think that he's, that's going to be a he's tough been decision. So good. Um, it depends on what you could get back for him. I think it would. You know, you don't trade a guy like that, kind of at the peak of how he's playing, without making sure that you get a good deal. Yeah. Um, like maybe uh,
2: two first-round picks from the New York Knicks.
1: Yeah, like maybe that. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's what I was going to ask because you said uh earlier that it doesn't seem like like the big move is you know it might be on the horizon but it's not happening right now right but could you see the jazz i don't know hypothetically making like an og ananobi to the Knicks kind of deal
1: yeah maybe i mean i actually wonder if the Knicks would be making that deal right now um i mean for the jordan clarkson uh, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just
0: using that as an example of like the type of move that they're going to make. Like OG Ananobi is a high level role player. Like right. He's not a star, but he's a team that he he's he's a foundational piece that elevates a team ceiling.
2: Just say the name, Greg. Dorian Finney Smith. I would love Dorian yeah. Finney Smith on the Jazz.
0: Dorian Finney Smith on the Jazz would be excellent like the type of like lengthy rangy wing that the jazz need he'd be he'd be awesome
1: yeah and i think there i mean and if we're talking about like is it sustainable i think that while i mean i love dorian finney smith i think he's great and yeah um i i don't really have anything bad to say about him and being added to the team except for i think that that would really disrupt things for a little bit because you've got to really figure out which lineup you're going to play him with. And you'd have to change the starting lineup. Probably not just him, like plugging him in. Right. Like there just have to be a lot of trickle down things that would change to make sure that this type of play continued. And I just think that would take a little while. Like he's not a guy that you can just plug in and it all works the same as it is right now. Right. Um,
2: What about there's a a 28 year old uh, rangy wing plays a, Previously had played defense. And nobody wants in. Andrew
3: Wiggins. <laughs> Does this
0: 28-year-old rangy wing who plays defense – No,
1: he said he used to play no defense. He previously, yeah, previously, previously played defense. Does,
0: does this does this man still remember how to play basketball? Unclear. And Unclear. Can we <laughs> get his powers back from the monsters? Yeah.
2: No. Uh, I think um, – no. He was thunderstruck. There's a child somewhere walking around with his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Uh, I think that I think that Kelly Olynyk, very similarly, he's playing so incredibly for the Jazz right now. But being on he's like so good. being on the last year of his deal, like, um, these are these are guys that really, really are so tradable. Player teams that are trying to like make a push and go in right now, like these are the types of players that they yes. need. And so, uh, if if there's a team out there that's going to make a swing and they're like, listen, we have to do it. Like, this is our chance. Kelly Olynyk, Jordan Clarkson, those are the types of players that they you make a last minute swing for. Um, Throw in THT for salary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: Expiring do, deal.
1: Just, just gonna say it. I do not think that the Jazz are gonna get rid of Chris Dunn. I think that
0: first of all, he's I, I he's hope on the to god he doesn't. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career, and he's so instrumental to what this team is doing right now.
1: And he's on just a tiny little baby minimum deal like yeah um there's no there's no reason to even add him any into anything for salary if anything you sign him to a bigger deal hope that he continues to play like this next year and then you either keep him or then you trade him like 25 year 100 million dollar contract yes (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh (laughs) also he's he is particularly good with walker kessler yeah and i think that that's something that the jazz coaching staff in front office are looking at because yep. you, you still have to think about what's the whole reason that we're doing this right. As the jazz, yep. the whole reason that you're doing this is because you want to deliver Larry marketing, Keontae, George, Walker, Kessler, Ochai Baji, the core guys that you have on your team. Maybe Colin Sexton has played himself into the core of this team. I don't know, but like, that's the group that you're trying to develop, grow, and continue to make them championship-caliber players so that yep. when the time does come, they're ready for that. And if you can unlock Walker Kessler the way that you can with Chris Dunn for a minimum deal, you don't get rid of it.
0: Yeah. Same thing with Keontae. I mean, yeah, they have Keontae locked up for this the next, what, seven years?
1: Yeah. Very 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 good stuff out of the jazz lately and as the trade deadline really rapidly nears we're less than a month away now yeah. um i i will be interested to see i think these are the hard decisions that i'm glad i'm not responsible for because well,
2: you're close to the team though sarah have you heard like any idea of what they're thinking
1: i mean i'll I'll say that i've had a couple of conversations with people and that the amount of thought that's going into this is like they're looking at guys and they're like they're thinking about how healthy is this potential guy that we could trade for? How healthy is he going to be in five years? Like they're thinking so long term when they look at anybody that like there's not going to be, a, like you said, Greg, they yeah. are not going all in for the play-in. Like that, that's no. not happening. And but are they going to like, trade for someone that they could see being an actual part of this three, four or five years down the road. Like that might be something that they do and it might not make total sense right now, but like if they feel that there's deep future potential, like I, it feels like those are the, those are the moves that they're thinking about. I don't think anyone in the front office is looking at a quick fix.
2: Well, there are guys that are actually out there that you could get. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's kind of a weird fit considering who you have on your team, but like the Jazz could easily trade for Anthony Simons like tomorrow and he's right. awesome. And on your timeline, there's plenty right. of guys like that. Like, right.
1: And I think and that I think that's a that's a really good point, because I think that those are the types of players that they're mm. looking at. Mm. So and then,
2: like a 27 year old wing who. No, used no, to play no. Defense.
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew Wiggins for uh, some salt water taffy and a Done. couple
2: boxes of Done. fry sauce. I'll throw in Kevon Looney, too. Um, what,
1: is, what, what is Andrew Wiggins' uh, contract again? It's actually not that bad. Uh,
2: the. And I'm kidding. I'm not even kidding. No, no. I'm serious. It's under thirty million dollars, and it descends. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and still, no. All but right. that's like actually just like starter money now with the new.
1: Yeah, but deal. like I mean, yeah. above above He's twenty is yeah, above but. twenty is too much for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: for sure. Oh, don't yeah. get me wrong, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's not Zach Levine money. You know what I mean? No. Like,
0: yeah. Uh... <laughs> I'm so glad to hear there aren't any zach levine to the jazz rumors
1: that yeah that warms I just, my heart
0: not that i don't think zach is good it just i i don't see that working in the slightest anyway shall I we think move that,
1: on yeah i think just a little bit more on the trade deadline i think there i think there is hope from the jazz front office like they i do feel like if you have that much in the asset covered, you do start to get a little itchy, right? Like, you start to get a yeah. little antsy. And so it does sometimes feel like there's a little bit of that. At the same time, though, I think anything that they'd be willing to trade out right now could still net them picks. And so it doesn't feel like they're really going to lose too much if they start kind of making some of these role player moves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's that's good. Um. Yeah. Holy crap. We have gone... We've talked so much. Let's... We're going to do our mid-season awards. Yeah. And... it's The season's half over. It is. It Time is half flies over. flies
0: when you are having fun and your team is 12-4 and four over their last 16 games.
2: And you know what? Time goes really slow when you're <laughs> not a Jazz fan.
1: <laughs> we're covering all ends of the spectrum here. I think that... The mid-season awards, I, I want to put like the, the caveat up top that I do not think that the picks that I'm making will win these end-of-season awards. Honestly, I really am just being like, here we are midway, like who it is right now. Yeah, there's still
0: 40-plus um, games to play left. This is just where we're at
2: right
1: and now. And even some of these guys, I don't think that they'll get the end-of-season awards. But they deserve yeah. love and praise for how they've played up to this point. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's not how I chose mine, but okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Some people um, just want to see the world burn.
1: No, All right, I chose let's...
2: mine based on who I think is going to win.
1: Oh, you okay. did? Yeah. That, oh, <laughs> fine, that makes it even more fun, because we can talk cool. about the spectrum. So, um, MVP, Greg, who did you choose as your mid-season MVP?
0: I chose the the guy I actually like think is playing the best and deserves MVP is Joel Embiid. I think he's having an unreal season. I heard a stat the other day that he has scored more points than minutes he's played.
1: Oh, that's funny. Which is
0: <laughs> un, like unbelievable to think about. He's averaging like 35-13 and all of a sudden six assists. Yeah. That Philly is third in the East. He's amazing. The only thing is he's going to miss his 10th game tonight. Right. And he is not. He is he's not going to play 65 games this year. And therefore that will disqualify him from being the most valuable player. So drum roll plays. The guy I'm actually going to give it to is Shea Gilgis Alexander from Oklahoma city. They are currently tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves for the best record in the Western conference. He's averaging, I think 32, six and six. He has more 30 point games than anybody in the NBA. He's a bona fide superstar, um, and he's he and Chet have the uh, ceiling of being like an all time great duo. Mm -hmm. Now,
1: I also chose Shea because all of the things you said. I mean, they're tied for number one record in the West. I I think that he was. I mean, he was he was like fifth in regular season overall MVP mvp voting last season and he's better this year he's better this year and really importantly his defense is better this year yeah mm-hmm. he's averaging like two and a half steals a game like he's he is everywhere he's everywhere he does everything and he's so mm-hmm. good he is just so so good
2: i on the other hand agree shea has been better up to this point yeah, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure Luka Doncic is actually going to win the MVP this year.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah I, um, it wouldn't can,
2: surprise me. Can I read you some? Let's just pick the three big stats. Sure. So Shea is averaging 31 points per game. Do you know yep. what Luka Doncic is averaging? 34. 33.6. 3. Uh, yeah. Let's look at rebounds. Shea, 5.9. How many rebounds do you think Luka Doncic is averaging? Nine. 8.1. Uh, let's look at assists. Uh, Shea's averaging 6.3. Um, how many assists do you think Luka Doncic is averaging?
1: Probably like 11. 9.1.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Third, he's almost averaging a 30-point triple-double. That's I think insane.
2: people are just, I. they're obviously not going to give it to the best player in the NBA again, Nikola Jokic. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine. Uh, has previously had Jokic on his fantasy team the last three years, and this year he has Embiid. And he told me Embiid should (laughs) never win MVP ever, because i watch his games now and all of his huge he gets to play the wizards the pistons and the uh the hornets four times a year yeah i mean um, each e- the
1: East, the eastern conference is still incredibly They're inferior so good but he does pad his stat. he he scores
2: like 60 points a game against the wizards four times yeah, a year
1: yeah um, yeah that's
2: fair uh but that's very funny I, I love the Thunder. I think they're a great story. Uh, the Mavericks didn't make the playoffs last year and are awesome now. Um, and I th- are they? Kind what, of they're ex- like a six seed right yeah, now. Yeah, I kind of expect them to. People are going to wake up in the last two months and realize how like insane Luca is playing.
0: It also feels like um, the D- Dallas is going to make a move at the trade trade deadline so, mm-hmm. like get like a really solid impact player that'll
2: make their team better yeah
1: i mean this
2: this well, is they got al- that in the adelson family
1: this has always <laughs> been the trajectory of luka Doncic. like this was what it was expected right like yeah if if he's unbelievable
0: he's so good
1: i i mean i think that there's a a real chance that you're right because this this is this was a trajectory is that he was going to come over it was going to take a couple years he was going to wow everybody and he absolutely has and then at some point it was going to be undeniable that he's actually like a generational talent Mm -hmm. and i mean he is horrifying to opposing coaches they don't know how to game plan for him because he is he's every like he is jokic and steph right like mm-hmm. he right. he will shoot the doors off of the like he'll he'll shoot with the jazz saw it right like he scored a triple double in the first half against the jazz yeah. and like he passes like Jok- Jokic, he's he's an insane basketball player yeah and it's annoying how easy he makes it look too yeah
2: um. All right, rookie of the year. Um. You guys at the beginning of the season, if I remember right, all uh, went out of your way to give it to the Frenchman. Um. Meanwhile, I was like, hey, hey, hey. There's a big white man named Chet, uh, and there's a history of guys uh being injured one year and then suddenly being awesome the second year. Um, John
0: Wall Blake Griffin
2: yeah. Ben Simmons uh, Ben exactly uh, and now add to that list your lock for rookie of the year Chet Holmgren I think uh, your lock I yeah, mean Chet's, there's no one Chet's no awesome. one's gonna win it over him I don't think uh, when I, he would have to be insane
1: I think well, that Chet is also very much helped out that he's playing next to an MVP caliber yeah. player
0: I was like, yeah I think I think that makes a like it's huge they're going to winning is absolutely going to be factored in into this race. Yes. I think like five years down the line, I do think that Victor has a higher ceiling. Definitely. Um, and which is not a knock on Chet. I think Chet has also has the opportunity to be like a general, like, guy. And like he and Shay are the future of the NBA. I honestly believe that. But Chet is a foundational piece on a team that's currently tied for the best record in the Western conference. Mm -hmm. And like he, he's, he came in and is immediately impacting wins and losses for the thunder. He's also averaging two and a half blocks a game. Like he's, and he's a better shooter right now, like a better offensively and more polished than, than Victor is right now. Yeah. I think that he's, I think it's close, but I think there is a a very distinct uh, clubhouse leader right now in that race.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm going to be the first to admit that, like, I did not believe in Chet nearly enough.
0: Yeah, I I thought he'd be good. You know, I thought he would be good.
1: I, I still am very scared about his body. Uh, I maintain that that is a reasonable fear. (laughs) Um. But he is so much better than I expected him to be right out of the gate. I thought that he was going to need more time to acclimate and like uh, tailor his game to the NBA yeah. mold, right? But he he fits right in, and he's yeah. great, and um, he's just a lot better than I expected him to be in his rookie season. So, yeah. I mean let's
0: let's look at these numbers: eighteen points per game, seven point three rebounds 2.7 assists two and a half blocks and he is shooting 56 percent from the field and 40 percent from three and 80 percent from the line
1: and i think if you watch the thunder also like 18 and 6 or whatever 18 and 7 or 17 and whatever that doesn't feel like how he's playing it feels like he's playing a lot better than that too yeah he also like yells
2: can... at dudes which rules yeah his own teammates. <laughs> Uh, yeah (laughs) uh veterans on teams he rules
0: (laughs) yeah uh you could honestly make an argument especially with how well oklahoma city is playing like chet is the second best player on oklahoma city Uh,
2: yeah yeah
3: jaden
0: jaden williams i i would say is a is is third and it's close you could make an argument that chet is an all-star this year it's not going to happen because the western conference is loaded and he's going up against guys like sabonis and anthony davis and larry Markinen and zion williamson and all these other guys
2: like it's it's loaded you just he's not going to make players who are worse than
0: him okay two
2: two but yeah (laughs) but you know what i'm
0: saying is that like he's better than they are but there's more na- name recognition and like it's it's a loaded western conference and there's a there's a finite number of of all-star slots and which is why he's not going to make it but he is playing like an all-star
1: i think that uh jalen williams i think there is an argument for him being the he's second really best player he's he really he's good. shooting yeah. the ball like in so oh, insanely yeah. i think I don't I don't know the number, but he is he's shooting threes at like 45 yeah. percent,
2: which is That's wild. like
1: in general, not like from a spot like and he's taking team like is, three or four shots a game. So, yeah, it would be it would be very funny
0: and also very cool to see this iteration of the Oklahoma City Thunder win a title.
1: I would love I just want to watch them play multiple series of playoff basketball, like yeah. whether or not they actually win it is whatever. But like I, those are going to be fun series, no matter who they King's come up Thunder against. I want King of Thunder
0: really, really bad. Give oh, me, yeah. like, or like Thunder, Thunder's Wolves. Yeah, that would be awesome, awesome, awesome.
1: What's next on the list? DPOY. It's Rudy. It. I mean, at this point in the season, he's so good. It is Rudy, and I. It feels like maybe. Joey I would love to know what you think because it does feel like I we maybe our eyes have been on Rudy for so long, right? That but the Timberwolves are playing incredible and it looks like he's returned to how he was like two years before he left the Jets. They
0: have the second best defense in the league.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't see them giving it to him again. Yeah, I mean
1: that's totally <laughs> yeah, that, fair. It's
0: a, it's a voter fatigue thing, but he has been the best defensive player in the league. Thus far throughout this season.
1: Which like I would just like to make a call out to all of the people that are voting, all of my friends and colleagues. Nikola Jokic deserved the MVP last year. Mm -hmm. He did. And Joel Embiid won it because of voter fatigue. Mm -hmm. And then Jokic had one of the most insane playoff runs that we will have ever seen ever. It was bonkers. Mm -hmm. And so like if you don't have the evidence that you should not pay attention to voter fatigue after that, then like you're not doing it right. One Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Carl- no, he... yeah, and
0: they they gave it to Charles Barkley. Well,
1: stop doing this. Jordan. Stop at the giving peak it of Jordan. They gave it to Derrick Rose. Yeah. Stop giving it to people because you don't feel like if somebody is great, just keep giving it to them. They.
2: Well, to be they fair, the Derrick Rose year, I don't even think the, the Derrick Rose year that weirdly should have went to Dwight Howard. So we actually that, we fair. we kind of dodged a bullet on that one. That he... <laughs> <laughs> they, gave a
0: t- they gave it the one that that always makes me laugh is they gave defensive player of the year to Marcus Saul in a year where he didn't make first team all
2: NBA defense. Mm hmm. Um, I think you guys are probably right. I just don't think they'll give it to him again, but there's kind of no... I mean, they weirdly could give this to Chet. Yeah. Victor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Victor's <laughs> averaging like three blocks a game. Victor's well, team
2: game. wins His team four sucks. games. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But I could he also see... He has to see, play
0: with Z- Jeremy Soshan.
2: I could also see a hilarious... If the Knicks keep this up, then giving it to like OG and Anobi because they're like everyone has every writer has Knicks fever. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mar- I the could Marcus see if the Smart D P O Y all over bam. again. To me, this feels really open still, even though go yeah. Gobert obviously I um, could
0: see you know the Lakers making the move that they're gonna make at the trade deadline and then like they go on a win streak and then they give it to Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm.
2: I could, yeah, t- totally. I could see Derek White winning the fake one for like Marcus Smart did. Yeah. Where right. It's like, uh, they were the best defense. Uh, just give it to one of those guys. Yeah. Um,
0: I just would like to say quickly like, this time last year, I was making jokes about how washed Rudy Gobert was. Absolutely. He is hon, hon, hon maker, yeah. um, baguette, biombo. Like, we've, go go down the list I mean, um he still
2: can be those things
1: he's, i mean the, the, the tony parker a, a, literally a... said that like the french national team needed to move on
0: yeah he you know and rudy's a big goofy guy and kind of hard to get along with and you know obviously has a you know tenuous history here in utah um but he's really really good and he's had a return to form this year and uh he's a huge reason why Minnesota is the best team in the Western conference. And I have to tip my hat because he's way better than I gave him credit for.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, congrats, Rudy. Congrats, you Rudy. You proved a podcaster. <laughs> you, this is the year you truly vanquished Day- Draymond Green. Finally. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, Okay, what about sixth man of the year, guys? I'm looking at your choices, and you guys are insane, but keep going.
0: Malik Monk, because Malik Monk is cool.
1: And he's fun. I like, watching true.
0: that's all I care. I don't care yes. about anything Norm else. Norm
2: Powell is obviously going to win this award. That's though. fair. Yeah. Um, Especially
0: if the Clippers keep playing yeah, like that.
1: Yeah. Norm if they Powell keep doing this.
2: insane all he's year. He's so good, man. Um, I was and so And also, mad. a Clipper wins this award every other year. It's the law. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, true.
0: Crawford, Lou Williams.
2: Yeah. yeah um, Norm I, Powell, I mean, welcome Norm to Powell. the show. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I will also say that, you know, if Jordan Clarkson continues to come off the bench, like, he could win this a second time if the Jazz, like, sustain their winning.
2: Um, Vegas has Wait, actually the, has Wait, for the New Tim York H- Knicks when he gets
0: traded?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Vegas actually has uh Tim Hardaway Jr. like as the pretty heavy favorite for this award, Interesting. by the way. Look at um, that.
0: Good for him.
1: Yeah, good for him. Lake um, Monk Jr. is so fun to watch. I love him. Yeah. um i i also love that i mean i we talked about it last season but like his resurgence of his entire career and it being in sacramento it just all fits really perfectly somehow and it makes sense and i love yeah. it um who's your sixth man oh norm Powell. right yeah that's also a great pick
0: that's a very good pick. <laughs> it's a smart I would love pick. to see it. I love Norm Powell. I was so mad when the Clippers got him. I wanted the, I wanted him on the Jazz and like back then when the before the trade happened there were like some slight rumblings that like the Jazz were looking at Norm Powell and I really wanted that to happen and it didn't and now I'm sad.
1: Um most improved player.
0: This one seems to be kind of the like the runaway. It's yeah. Tyrese Maxey. He's really good and awesome, and I love him.
2: He's he is. Um, He's really this, fun. I just hate this award. I'm gonna be honest.
1: <laughs> I mean, I like I like Tyrese Maxey for this award because I feel like oftentimes this goes to someone that's good, and then they're just like. Just mildly better, and we just decided to give it to them, you know. That's but why,
2: that's or, why or I don't like Tyrese maxi for this award. It's like, yeah, he was basically the second best player on the Sixers last year, too. Like,
1: but I mean, uh, I like him for it because he is. I mean, with Joel playing, I mean, I think that Joel is playing even better this season, and mm-hmm. he's maxi is averaging six more points, yeah, and three more assists this season which like yeah could have gone the other way and like i know that there was a hole to fill after harden left too but it That's is the
0: story right there right mm-hmm.
1: but i i think that they, there was a chance that you know he doesn't really step up that maybe like tobias starts like just holding the ball more you know
2: but yeah i just leaves. wish they would give these uh, this award to Like, Tyrese Maxey is obviously going to win this award, but the actual most improved players in the NBA are, like, Jalen Johnson, Aaron Nismith, and, uh, and, I don't know, uh, Kobe White. Guys, everyone was like, these guys are going to be out of the league in a year. Right. And now yeah, they're starters totally in the fair. NBA. That's actually who this award Co- should go to. Kobe White yeah.
0: is like a sneaky dark horse for this award.
1: I love it. I love it. I if would love they to ga- see If that. they gave this to Kobe, that would make me so happy. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'd love to see it.
2: But yeah, Vegas basically has Maxi like... You can't even make money gambling on him. <laughs> then the only guy—it's like l- close what Lowry
0: was yeah. last year.
2: The only guy close is Shangun, who again was also awesome last year, and it's I like, like him a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, my I would like to change this award. Give it to guys who don't, who aren't gonna win awards in their careers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can't. How about this? If you make an all-star team, you can't win most improved.
1: I mean, I do like that Lowry won it last year. I like, do too. He went from being like a third option. No, I'm saying at I'm best. saying now.
0: Now, now make the rule. It was Lowry. And now we stop. Now we
1: make now we <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um okay. We've got coach of the year.
0: Uh I went with Chris Finch. What he's done in Minnesota is awesome. He's figured out, like, he's turned the team over to Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is the guy. And he's figured out what was one of the most glaring conundrums in the NBA coming into this season, which is how do you get Cat and Gobert to work?
1: Right. It works now. And I think that that's actually the biggest point for me when when we're thinking about uh, Chris Finch is like, everyone was kind of expecting like, oh well, if you want to make this work, you have to get rid of cat right yeah. mm-hmm. and he he actually made it work without having to do that yeah that's that's like I mean, that's they maybe you
2: still to cat though. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> there's a chance that I can still make them better <laughs> um I'm giving this one to Mark Dagnall. Yeah,
2: that's the correct answer. Our friend, yeah. our the Frenchman, the Frenchman. No one knows what he <laughs> looks like or sounds like. Um, He's Mark awesome.
0: Dagnall. I would not hate that. Uh,
1: Mark Dagnall, I just w- want to remind people that, like, he was the coach of this team when they were they had 22 wins. You know, yeah. like, and I think about this. When I think about this, it reminds me of, like, the Brett Brown Sixers, right? Like, right. it is truly incredibly hard to coach a team through their losing days and still be there when they're at the top. It is it, really, really hard to do that.
2: It really helps when they bring in a guy who looks like Boo Radley to yell at everybody.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, hot take slash prediction, Sarah. Yeah uh does will hardy ever win a coach of the year
2: Uh, absolutely yeah
1: i agree he he does have a face for a coach of the year Mm -hmm.
0: i agree i think it's gonna happen one of these days that's all anyway
1: i mean I, i think that the jazz are the type of team to keep a coach through the bad days and the good days right yeah um and i think that that can net you a lot of favor in the nba like if you're the guy that as the young guys and you don't let them lose hope when they suck, right? Yeah. Or when you're tanking and then you're still able to build them back up and you can coach them to what looks like to be a top three team in either conference. That is yeah. very, very good coaching. Agreed. So some, something to look forward to for Will Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that That's it, right? Yeah, that was we, fun. We did it. We did all the things. Um Greg, please tell people how they can call in and leave us a message.
0: Yeah, we want to do uh an unsalvageable call-in show in the very near future, but we need you guys to call and leave voicemails and/or text us. So we set up a hotline. You can call or text it at 385-381-0790. Just leave your message after the beep. Uh whatever you want to talk about basketball or anything else just leave a damn message.
2: And yeah, if you're interested in a uh a uh, a 27-year-old wing who maybe used to be good at defense um so no, give me a call. no I mean, he's no he's for no. sale. He's for sale. <laughs>
1: uh I real quick I want to shout out um longtime listener Clayton Uh, I sat next to him on the flight to Boston recently, and he was like, he was an absolute listener and a fan. And so uh, shout out to the people that are actually giving us their ears. And um, I'm really sorry, Clayton, that you ended up buying tickets to that Boston game and watching the jazz absolutely get stomped, but uh, they've been good since. So, um, you guys know what to do rate review subscribe download do all of the things call in for our call-in show like greg said you can follow greg at dad sham dad you can follow me at nba sarah you can listen to joey's other podcast round ball rock and we will talk to you next time
2: please take andrew wiggins anywhere. no no no
1: (laughs) yeah dnp